Certainly a name all basketball and sports fans know. Chris Paul joins us on Sports Byline. He's a multi-time All-Star and a two-time Olympic gold medalist who's considered one of the greatest point guards of all time. He has served as president of the NBA Players Association, and he's headed to the Hall of Fame. Off the court, Chris is a father, husband, entrepreneur, activist, and philanthropist. And over the years, I've gotten a lot of books about sports and life, and I have more than 1,100 sports book author interviews in the Sports Byline Book Corner Library. But the one Chris Paul has written is about his life, the way he lives his life, and the influences that have shaped his life. We're going to make it a selection of the month in the Sports Byline Book Corner, and it's called 61 Life Lessons from Papa on and off the court. First of all, Chris, you grew up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Tell me a little bit about that city and growing up there. Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks so much for having me, Ron. I really appreciate it. Um, for me, growing up uh, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, it was the best thing ever. <laughs> you know, uh, I grew up around all my family. I lived in the same house my entire childhood. So I grew up around all my same friends. Um, my hometown, well, all of that sort of North Carolina is known as Tobacco Road. So all of my grandparents worked at Tobacco Road. And so um, I grew up with uh, a lot of discipline. I grew up uh, very faith, um, faith-based uh, Baptist church I grew up going to and Grew up with a lot of love for my family. Your grandfather was certainly a pioneer. He operated the first black-owned service station in North Carolina. And you and your brother worked there in the summer. What did that instill in you? Oh, man. Um, first of all, it, 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 it instilled a strong dislike for my parents because we didn't want to <laughs> go all the time. <laughs> you know, seriously, as kids, you know, you, you, you want to go to the gym. You want to go to the park. You want to go do something. But a lot of times our, our weekends were going to my granddad's service station and it was working. It was working. It was sort of the entire family's business. So it'd be Saturday morning sometimes and we'd be at the service station at 7 a.m., you know, standing out there waiting for people to pull in so that we could pump gas and rotate tires and check people's oil, you know. And what you, what you don't always appreciate as a kid is that, it's just showing you the value of, of doing the work. You attribute many of the life lessons you've learned to your grandfather and have described him as your best friend. What is it that you remember most about him, Chris? Oh, man. <laughs> it's, so, it's so many good memories, but it's one of those things where I, I lost my grandmother when I was seven. I talk about it in the book. Uh, I lost my grandmother to lung cancer. And... Um, after she passed, I used to always try to get my granddad to move in with us, right? Just, Papa, come live with us. Don't you, ain't you lonely? Don't you just, just come be with us. Come be with us. And so I found myself just spending time with him all the time. And then when my brother went away to college, me and my grandfather even spent more time together because it's just me and my brother. So um, I wanted to be with my granddad. And so it, it, was, it was just uh, a different type of love a different type of love. And now that I have kids of my own and my son is actually in North Carolina with my parents right now. And my dad sent a picture of them two the other day is it's really special because my dad is nowhere near as hard on my son 
as he is, <laughs> as he was on me. But there's a piece of me who, even though I get mad at my dad sometimes, I'll be like, hey, man, hey, be hard on him too. <laughs> but then there's this piece of me that gets it because I understand the relationship is different. Chris, at a young age, you and your family had to deal with tragedy. During a robbery at the service station, your papa was robbed and assaulted, and he passed away from a heart attack. He was just 61. How did you assimilate that loss of your best friend? Yeah, so at that age, at 17, losing my grandfather the way that I did, you know, to him not passing away like a natural cause is knowing that he had been murdered by five teenagers. It was hard to process. It was hard to process, too, because I'm very visual. So I remember pulling up to the scene and actually seeing my grandfather laid out in his carport. Um, didn't know what to do. Didn't know what how to react. And so... Um, Thankfully, I have a lot of family, a whole lot of family, and there were conversations and a lot of crying, a lot of tears, but somehow, some way, uh, we figured out how to bounce back. In the book, you tell a wonderful story, Chris, about how you honored him in an opening season game in high school. Share that with us. Yeah, so um, my grandfather was murdered on November 15, 2002. November 19th was his funeral. November 20th was the first game of my senior year. And I, I went out and scored 61 points for, for every year that he had lived. And I had 59 points. I drove into the lane, I shot a floater, and got fouled. And I remember just laying there on the floor just thinking, like, man, I cannot believe I did this. cannot believe I, I really achieved this. And then I went to the free throw line because I got fouled and I just threw the ball out of bounds and I walked off the court and fell into my dad's arms. And the, the rest is history. We're talking with Chris Paul. The name of the book is, and I urge you to check it out, 61 Life Lessons from Papa on and off the court. In the book, you talk about life beyond basketball and the role your grandfather played in molding you into a man and also a father as well today. What were those lessons that you did learn from him? Oh, man. He um, he taught me a lot. My dad taught me a lot. My grandfather also taught me um, about discipline. He taught me about discipline. He taught me about the importance of family. He, he taught me the importance of love. You know, he taught, he taught me the importance of community. Right, so it was a group of guys called Jones Jones's disciples that came and sat at my granddad's service station every day. Majority of the time, well, almost never did they get anything worked on by their car. They literally <laughs> just sat out there and talked about everything that was going on in the world and the city and everything. And what's what's funny is I have uh, a similar relationship like they had with the guys that I grew up with in a group chat of all my guys from back home. And you, you just realize how necessary those relationships are. There have also been other influences and lessons learned in your life. I know uh, your college basketball coach, uh, Skip Prosser, other coaches, your parents and other pro superstars. What is the common theme, Chris, that you've learned from all of them? Um, the common thing that I've, 
I've learned from all of them. Um, one of the biggest things is gratitude. Is gratitude. And any and everything that you do, you must uh, have gratitude. Um, another thing is, you know, you just can't take yourself too serious sometimes. You know, you got to really enjoy and cherish those around you and, and be grateful for them. And, you know, results, results may vary. You know, you may win some, you may lose some, but just be consistent with the work. Let me ask you a little bit about basketball. Pro sports, certainly a different way of life. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Chris, but the major thing you've learned is also to have good balance in your life. Am I right about that? You're, you're exactly right about that. But I definitely know that that's, that's always a tug and war for everybody. Like, exactly what is balance? You know, it's, it's so hard because on this day, you may have to pour all into this, this cup. On the day, you might have to pour into this other cup. So I think we're all just trying to figure it out. One of the things I've always been amazed about is expectations in the business of sports, in the business of basketball. You're always judged on a moment-to-moment, game-to-game basis. How did you deal with that? Because at the pro level, it's a high expectation. Um, you know, expectations they come with it right it's part of it it's part of the job it's part of why you do it when you get to the professional level it's just at an even higher magnitude right and so in in any job for the most part you know you have certain barometers that you need to meet and if not then you're you're evaluated and so i think that's the same thing in pro sports it's just that pro sports all over TV all day, every day. So everyone analyzes it. Joe Morgan, the late Joe Morgan, was a good friend of mine, and we'd have long talks like you talked about talking with your friends. And I remember him saying to me one time, Chris, that when you go 0 for 4, remember the day you went 4 for 4 to have that kind of balance. Do you do that in basketball as well? Yeah, you got to have a short memory. <laughs> you got to have a short memory. Got to have a short memory in 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 sports because uh you know, you could you got to have that confidence in yourself. You could lose, you could miss 5 in a row and then easily just make 5 in a row. You know, when you look at your career and your life and everything and you're moving toward a point where at some point you'll walk off the court for the last time, how do you assimilate what you've done and also how do you deal with the fact that Pro basketball and basketball in general may not be a part of your life going forward. Oh, man. Um, There's a realization where it comes, you know, and your love for the game doesn't have to change. But um, who knows? Depending on, you know, what it is, always try to get around the game. But um, when you've been blessed and fortunate to play as long as I've played, um, other things start happening. And things started happening about 14 years ago when I had my first child. Right, so I got a 14-year-old son. I got a 10-year-old daughter. Who, uh, at some point, I mean, now, even now, I'm in invest. I'm invested in everything that they do, and that won't that won't change. 
You know, I think that when you do walk off the court, uh, that you're going to be better suited to make the transition to retirement and something else than probably a lot of athletes. I mean, you know a lot of athletes who haven't made that transition very well. Uh, am I right about that observation of you? You know what? I hope so. I hope so. But I, I've I've been able to watch a number of my friends, a number of people actually younger younger than me that transition, and I have these conversations with people, and a lot of people say, you know, you can definitely transition into to something else, but, you know, your love for the game, just the amount of time I've been playing it, you know, that, that love just won't ever go anywhere. But, you know, life happens, things change, and I guess, I guess we'll see. I still worry about myself a little bit because I've been so – passionate and golf with the game for so long. I have to ask you over your career, when you think back on it, even now at this time, what was that aha moment? What is that moment that's engraved in Chris Paul's mind that I'll never forget? And probably draft night. Probably draft night. You know, when you're a kid and you playing around in the backyard, and even when you're in college and they tell you you're going to be drafted and, you know, they tell you you're going to be a top five pick, um, sometimes you just you just still can't believe it until it actually happens because you know you may be riding here and you're like man what is gonna go wrong like what <laughs> like is this really gonna happen and so that night just to see um, the the look on my family's face and especially my dad you know I can't imagine what it felt like for my dad being a, a lover of basketball the way that he was and to 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 know that, you know, he did everything possible to give me and my brother that opportunity, and uh, it, it, it happened. We only have about 30 seconds left, but what's the best advice your grandfather or your dad has ever given you? Oh, man. Um, I might sound like a probably, but uh, just the importance of family. You know, someone asked me one time, they said, what is the one thing that I wish my grandfather got a chance to see? If it would have been my first NBA bucket, if it would have been a certain game that I played. I said, no, I think the thing my granddad would be the proudest of is that my family is still intact. We all still together. Cousins, aunts, uncles, everybody, we, we still are locked in. That is a great story on life in itself. I want to congratulate you on your career, but also this book. It's an outstanding book. It's called 61 Life Lessons from Papa on and off the court. And you're welcome here anytime, Chris. I hope you'll come back and join me on Sports Byline. Thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate it. Chris Paul with us. And again, uh, headed to the Hall of Fame. We continue with more of you and America's sports talk show.